while waiting for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to release its formal analysis of UFOs, I noticed that the Foo Fighters have opened up rock and roll in a big way post-COVID. And that got me to thinking about an open letter I wrote to Dave Grohl in Devoid five years ago. Yo, Dave, since you're a UFO fanatic, obviously nobody in showbiz knew what foe fighters were until you guys came along. Just wanted to tip you off to some new cool stuff online about your band's namesake. Okay, it's not new, right? We're talking Second World War, but it's the latest accessible material from Keith Chester, posted in December 2015 at UFO Historical Review. Now, in 2007, Chester wrote this book, Strange Company, Military Encounters with UFOs in World War II. Chester paid about 100 visits to the National Archives and Records Administration over the years, and he collected like two entire shelf feet of pertinent military records, and he comes back with a gold mine, official memos, debriefing accounts, after-action reports, you name it. I mean, who does this stuff anymore, right? Now, Dave, I know you know how Foo Fighter encounters first broke in the U.S. press big time in late 1944, early 1945, and how the guys on the front lines thought official attempts to blow it off as ball lightning and or St. Elmo's fire were a big joke. But were you aware that what the Allies began referring to as phenomena turned heads from the very beginning of the war. And that before they were dubbed Foo Fighters late in the game, there were reports from both theaters of airborne and vaguely menacing, and I'll just use their language, stovepipes, cylinders, orange crates, pie plate discs, flying donuts, fire extinguishers, ball and chains, egg shapes, soap bubbles resembling zeppelins and balloons, even when they moved against the wind. Thank God Foo Fighters was the name that stuck, eh? I'm guessing you wouldn't have gone from Nirvana to the Flying Donuts. On the other hand, there were the Flying Burrito Brothers. So, well, anyway... The documents Chester recovered are loaded with so many incidents of bombers and fighters trying unsuccessfully to shake their spooky and infuriating maneuverability. You start losing track after a while. For example, while crossing Holland on June 6, 1942, RAF bomber pilot Lieutenant Roman Sabinski told his tail gunner to give it a blast when a full moon-sized copper-colored object jumped from just off the left wing to the right at instantaneous speed. Tracer rounds indicated direct hits to no effect. Shortly after D-Day, British Lancaster bomber pilot George Barton reported being tailed following a raid over Germany by a cluster of spheres Neither evasion nor gunfire deterred the ultimately harmless pursuers, if that's indeed what they were. In August 1944, after striking oil refineries in Sumatra, 
numerous crews with the 468th Bombardment Group got rattled by what they regarded as a bizarre and confusing type of new weapon. Their quote. One bomber reported being, quote, under continuous attack for one hour and ten minutes by a swarm of baseball-sized reddish-orange spheres that tended to explode into four to five smaller balls without inflicting any damage. No ground or ocean flashes were detected, and on one occasion, states the report, the course was altered sufficiently to allow tail guns to bear in the direction of the burst, but 20 millimeter and 50 caliber fire from the B-29 had no visible effect. Anyway, Dave, I'm guessing if Foo Fighters had killed any of our guys, you might have chosen a different name for your band. But check out this report titled Additional Information on the Observation of Silvery Colored Disc on Mission to Stuttgart, 6 September 1943. It was prepared by the 384th Bombardment Group for the 1st Bombardment Wing. During an air battle with German planes, Two B-17 crews watched as a third was descended upon by a cluster of silver-colored objects that may have collectively been as long as 75 feet and 20 feet wide. Nobody saw attack planes dropping ordnance. They noted only that some of it collided with the B-17 and, quote, the wing immediately started to burn which resulted in the loss of the bomber. Nazi tech or whatever, this stuff couldn't be ignored. And by January 1945, a secret report, subject matter, night phenomenon, reached the 12th Tactical Air Command from one of the Air Force intelligence officers who stated this. We have encountered a phenomenon which we cannot explain. Crews have been followed by lights that blink on and off, changing colors, etc. The lights come very close and fly in formation with our planes. They are agitating and keep the crews on edge when they encounter them, mainly because they cannot explain them. On and on it goes. The point is, the latest installment of the history nobody knows is available online now at GreenwoodUFOArchive.com. And it describes another couple of futile shooting incidents, but the void likes the part where U.S. pilots tried to turn the tables and give chase to the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters responded by trying to lure the warplanes into, quote, a concentrated flak area. Critics who suggested the airmen were being duped by St. Elmo's fire provoked this pilot rejoinder. Well, let the sons of bitches come over and fly a mission with us. If the O&I report due out this week is half as good as this, I'll be tickled to death. In the meantime, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters 
It's time to step up. Y'all need to come up with a new national anthem and give it a make-believe happy ending. Good luck with the tour and rock on. This is life in Jonestown. I'm Billy Cox.